It's your boy Forever Cabron coming in to let you know to check out What's Hood with me, the Compa FC, where you can roll one up with a real one. We chop it up about everything, dog. Politics, hood shit, music, movies, acción, you name it, la causa, el movimiento. We want to tackle things about looking at your culture differently and all that good shit. So if you want to look into that, if you want to find some self love and self worth, dog, check out a Compa. Roll one up with a homie, dog. Every Tuesday, and Thursday right here on Binge on This. Check a homie out, dog. Stay up late. Alright, cool. Alright, welcome to Sam of All Trades, a Binge on This show. Binge on This, where you can find other shows like Roll 420, our D&D and Call of Cthulhu campaigns. Reading Ronin, where uh, tales and fables are read by Brian. What's Hood with Forever Cabron, where we get an introspective dive into the Latin culture. And this, that, and the other with me, Sam, well, that's me, and Brian, my co-host, with the most. And uh, today joining me is James Mason, a professional singer in the band Paper Jackets on the show Sam of All Trades with me. Welcome, James. How are you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you like my intro? <laughs> I love it. I loved it. It was. It's good seeing you so be so professional. I know, right? I got uh, notes. I, I love it. Well, no, cool, I mean, man. I actually, I, I was following what's hood with uh, Cabron, or I don't, I don't know how to say his name, but I uh, always thought that was very, very amusing, yeah. or sometimes, sometimes uh, educational. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely full of knowledges. Yeah. So, James, now that I have you here, because yes. we're going to keep this short and sweet, tell me a little, about, a little bit about yourself and how you ended up doing what you do. You know, explain to the people what you do. I mean, I'm from a smaller suburban town outside of like DC, Washington, D.C., and I grew up listening to a lot of music. My parents really into music. My dad especially is into music. And I loved Elvis Presley and I loved Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. And then I got into like, my teenage years and started playing in bands and moved to California when I was 17 in a band. And like, you know, that didn't necessarily turn out how I thought, but all throughout my teenage years, I've been, been a part of bands, whether playing bass or singing or singing and playing bass or whatever, uh, and some guitar. So I've always just had a background in that. I had a musical theater background as a kid. Mm-hmm. So like in a small town, you know, not a whole lot of uh, artistic uh, outlets. So it was cool that I did get into music theater and that kind of helped me uh, further into music uh, as I, you know, as I am, am now doing it. So, and uh, what I do now is I play and sing in a band called Paper Jackets. We are like a indie rock or pop alternative band. Um, we're actually going to be on, I don't know when this airs, but we'll be, on K-Rock tonight, or tomorrow night on their Discover, uh, new Discovery sort of um, specialty program, which is cool. And just awesome. basically been putting out records and um, singing and playing music, playing my heart out. That's awesome, man. That's really cool that you're going to be on K-Rock. K-Rock's awesome. Um, so what do, what do people think you do, friends, family, fans, whatever it might be, compared to what you <laughs> actually do? Oh, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's like a brilliant question. You know, it's like those memes you see, like what what my what my family thinks I am, yeah. what I think I am, and what other bands think I am, or yeah. what other people think of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a, that's a funny one. Um, so I think like what people think, uh, depending on the day and who you're talking to and 
how good the state of affairs are, you know, I think people generally think that I, I, you know, I'm an, I express myself through music and that I'm kind of a dreamer and, uh, you know, maybe even a make-believer type of, type of person, you know, like I, like I said, I come from more of a conservative background. So I think at times it's easy for people to have sort of a, a judgment of like, of like, oh, this guy, he's just like living in LA, playing his music, and he's such a softie, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe he does some hard work, but I don't know. It's all, all kind of a bunch of liberal nonsense, right? <laughs> or I think that's what people think. And then, but, but in reality, I th- and you know this from running your own show, I think it's a lot of work that people don't really not that they would ever in a million years know in the first place because they never had to do it or don't just don't know what goes into it. But there's a lot of work. There's a lot of pleading and sort of uh, paying your dues and, 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 and a lot of work that goes into it. So I think and how that compares to what I actually do is, yeah, like, well, I'm not 20 something years old anymore, which may come as a surprise, but I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like all of the crazy nonsense that was my life at one point is, is slowly and surely like it, it, I'm like, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty by the book in, in terms of like rock and roll or, or like music, you know, um, as far as people playing music, but I, I get up every day and I try to, I, I feel like there's like this like ticking clock. It's like, are, have you accomplished your dreams yet? Like, are we, like, have you, uh, you know, achieved everything you want? So in my mind, I feel like what I do is get up every day and I try to, um, to make that happen. And um, that's amazing. I mean, cause it's pretty hard when you don't have, you know, like a, it's not like a normal job where you're like, well, I do this for so long. I'm going to get ahead and do this. It's, it's a lot of self. You have to push yeah. yourself and motivate yourself. Um, totally. You've been working with labels now for, a, for a while. Um, you have, you said you have your own process of making these songs and everything like that, but how has that process worked tandem with these labels? Like, is you know, what's that process like with having other people tell you how to go about it? Luckily, luckily it's been better than other stories you might have heard. Like, you know, so-and-so bands, uh, you know, has no control, let's say, of, you know, their artistic expression at all, or very little, or it's like that movie, you know, uh, that thing you do. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, it's with Tom Hanks. I love it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of truth in the movie and in and, and what you, this question is like, and or in the response of the question is like, do you control your shit? And the answer is, no, not always. And even if you do, you really don't because you still have to share that decision process with your band, producer, manager, whoever, uh, other external forces. And I, I think, yeah, like at the end of the day, the people who invest in it, the label and all that, they know that it's a huge investment for them. So like if they don't just personally, like they don't like it or if they don't think it sounds enough like even if they like it, they don't think it sounds enough like it fits in with what's happening, you know, today's alternative or whatever. That, you know, so there's always, there's always some kind of hindrance in that way. And luckily for us, I think we've, we've been lucky. Like there's been a few times, like, to be honest, where I was 
super bummed, severely bummed by some decisions that came from above me. Um, but most of the time, it's not me that's the one that's bummed. I'm usually pretty happy. And I actually got to say, like, most of the time, it's all, actually almost all the time, if I was bummed at one point, it turned the corner and went around this way and that way and ended up coming back better than the original thing I was bummed about. So, like, I'd say, like, there's a good amount of patience that's allow yourself just because you never know like how these are going to end up but um but yeah no like just to answer the question quickly i'd say <laughs> yeah it's it's like not always your um not always your say yeah sure. but at least you got them in your corner they're trying to make some money yeah um so you recently or your band paper jackets has recently released uh the new album souvenirs with yeah. your single miss you um i really liked it and Normally, when you release an album, there's these steps you go about. You go to you go to these stations. You tour a little bit. Um, right. With the pandemic and all that's what's going on right now, how has that affected an an album release in in this day and age? Wow, you know, it has truly affected it in ways we are still learning about and trying to kind of like maneuver. Um, I'd say. Uh, everything from like normal press coverage which has now become abnormal and sometimes could be abnormal in a good way and sometimes abnormal in a bad way um so the people like at rolling stone or billboard who got furloughed for the indefinite future who you know whatever uh who aren't writing about paper jackets because they don't have a job yeah, like that kind of sucks, you know, in, uh, from the press pr uh, perspective. And then you've got like all your touring and traveling and in-person, we'll just call it in-person, uh, sort of the, right the face-to-face -face kind of interaction. And that's been limited. So yeah, it's really been um, not good. Uh, and we, we feel lucky that we didn't put too many eggs in that basket before the pandemic, we kind of saw the pandemic coming like a tsunami and somehow like ran quick For enough. The hills. The hill. yeah. yeah. And, and it was like, okay. <laughs> and now we're sort of figuring out how to float. But um, like, I think one thing that has been cool is adapting to all of that with like sort of virtual concert series. Um, and a lot of bands are doing that, which is kind of neat. And so we've, we've done a lot of filming even outside or, on top of the actual like proper music videos that we made, uh -huh. we've done a lot of like virtual um, sessions, like with you know sort of a quarantine sort of aesthetic, which yes. isn't. I guess it's kind of becoming norm normal, but um, so th those have been really really cool, and so yeah, it, like no, it's totally fucked everything up, and it's totally screwed with people's livelihoods and. I'd say like for us being more of an up and coming band, like our livelihood hasn't been that screwed in terms of like, we don't like, I don't rely on this money to feed my kids. Whereas like, I know people in some bands like who aren't selling t-shirts and aren't feeding their kid. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Not, yeah. You know, so I'd say like the merchandise isn't, isn't selling at concerts right now. So they, yeah, they're hit hard. The pockets. Right. Hit. So it's like, Dude, it's really fucked up. Do you I see think, live shows coming back anytime soon? No, I mean, maybe not this Sadly, year. no. Sadly, no. And I was, like, doing everything in my power to, like, 
praying. I'm not even really that religious, but I was like praying. I'm like doing weird rituals, trying to yeah make it happen. And we're going out to uh, making friends with people up on Sunset, like the guy up there um, at, at you know at the Rainbow, and he's like owner of the Roxy and owner of Whiskey and some of these clubs, and like trying to get people who we, we know from our sort of like ro- you know sort of rotation on the strip and and in Hollywood and there was like this two week period where people were like, ah, oh, it's going to be fine. Like we'll open up everything soon. And we're, we're going to open up by August. So that was what they were saying. So, you know, and I, so I had my hopes high for that and I don't think it's going to happen. Actually. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here fucking next year, it, maybe not this far into the year, but like, March or so, and we're sitting here and being like, "What are you doing? Are we gonna go watch the baseball game?" <laughs> you know, so, oh gosh! Uh, yeah. God, I hope I, not. Sadly, yeah, <laughs> I hope Jeez. not either. But, yeah, but yeah. so there is a high wire act of trying to make this art and trying to sell this art. Um, when you create a song, do you create it then package it, or do you create the song sort of with the package in mind? Um. Or yeah, I mean, or I'm sure it happens both ways too. I think, I think yeah, I think mostly as of late, I'd say it's all been very much like refined and uh, sort of mastered in terms of like we have a we have like a band dynamic and a songwriting sort of. There's like you know with Amy and my and myself. There's like this and Johnny and Emily of course as well, but like especially with Amy and myself, there's like sort of like this layout. There's like this new sort of outline that we've kind of been going with. And it's not always the same every time, but a lot of times it's like heavy, uh, like, like um, corresponding female male lead vocals and like lots of harmonies and lots of that stuff. So like as of late, uh, the package has kind of already been like established, but I mean, in the past, you know, certainly, um, in the beginning more so yeah i think you're trying to fit into something to kind of figure out as your own sound and i like with the songs though some of some of the songs like more single single driven like if that the intention is usually to have a few singles i think if you're most people are trying to write singles like with like ahead of time they're going hey you know we need a single this is like we need a hit we need a single we need a hit. So yeah, like they're always kind of thinking in, in, in terms of like, we, we know what we want it to be. So I, I think it's like a mixed approach. And then there's times where you go into a session, like we, we have this song on volume two, which comes, which kind of comes out. I hope it comes out soon before the world is over. Um, but we have a, a song on volume two that we wrote with two other like, like peer, like they're in other bands, like this guy, um, Cameron, who's in Twin XL, and this other guy, Jordan, who is in a band called The Ready Set. And they're like super, super cool guys. Anyway, like when we went into that session, I think there was a, there was like, a, you know, sort of a, a package in mind, like a D, like, like we're like, we're going to do this kind of thing. But for most of the time with, with our record, like the last couple of records, it's just been like, this is what we, this is our music, this is our shit. We wrote a lot of songs that didn't get put on the record. Um, and so I think in, in a sense, yeah, in a sense it was, it was packaged afterwards. Um, so 
I don't know. Yeah, the B-sides will be will – be, I think they're still good. I, I think they're kind of like – at this point, there's so much music. It's like, let's just do the, the ones we like. But, yeah, I know what well, you that's mean. Good you so got, quite, that's good to get a, a bunch that, you know, you could pick from at least. Yeah. Yeah, it, felt, it feels good. And then it makes you think like, wow, like – I really thought this was going to be something great. And then it ends up not coming. <laughs> like uh, it ends up not. No, no, not that that's a bad thing. I'm just okay. like, it's like in, in the moment, I was like, yeah, man, this song, it's really good. Or whatever. Or like, you know, and then it just wasn't, but you didn't know it wasn't going to be as good as these other 12 songs. So it's like, even though it's a couple songs that just barely made it, like uh, there's always like an ongoing top 10 or 12. And then, when you when something else comes in, it like pushes one of the existing twelve out, and so you've got like this pecking order of like your top songs at all times. It's kind of like, like your friends. Li- it's kind of like your friends list on MySpace. Yeah. Yes. One person <laughs> that gets pushed out of the top eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, for kids listening to this, people trying to get into this industry that don't live in LA right now, what can they do to help them? reach their goals uh, to get signed uh is it just more hard work is it coming up with a demo um yeah social media man it's all those things it's like as cheesy as it sounds it's it, it is like in, it is here like you there needs to be some source of where your art is coming from or uh like the, even like the worst bands or shittiest songwriters or singers Sometimes a lot of time, a lot of times they have just one really good song that came from here and it just really, uh, you know, it, it left a mark. And I think a lot of actually almost getting back to that, that thing you do, right? I mean, it, it, almost every time it is a, it is a, it is just a band or somebody who had something that they were really believing in really said, and it just really, it resonated. So I think, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do I have heart? But I think you need heart. And then you also need to be organized and hardworking to like, I guess, put that in some format to show people and share. And then like you get onto like social media, that's like, it's a good one, you know, like then now you're, now you're out sharing it with the world. So I think having a source, having some inspiration, having some like life uh, experience, you know, like, like a lot of people, who you don't really hear about a lot of like really like, you know, maybe you do, but I feel like most of the time, like your favorite rapper isn't some height, like isn't some like privileged, like uh, kid from, uh, you know, high society. It's, it's usually somebody like who came from like Staten Island or like somebody who came up, right. Who has like some real life shit that happened to them. So I feel like not being afraid to live your life, like, live your life and express those sort of experiences in, in some kind of way, in some kind of art form, and then organize that shit that you just created into some kind of recording and then organize that recording into some kind of way for people to hear. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a good that's answer. What I, that's what I would do. So lastly, uh, but it's super expensive. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 go, go on. What, what's expensive? I was just going to say, but it's, it, it can be like an expensive thing. Like, and I don't mean just like expensive in a money way, like expensive in a, like it's going to cost you something, you know? Time. Um, 
time and yeah. heart and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always it's said not if, easy thing. Yeah, I always said if if you're passionate about something, you'll do it and not for money. You just do it out of the passion and then any kind of money that comes with it, that's just a byproduct. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, people who are passionate about their their work, they don't do it for money. They don't do it for clout. They do it because they like the art. And then anything right. that comes along with it is just a byproduct. Right. I don't think I don't think a lot of artists are, are intending to be artists to become rich. Yeah. But in LA you you well, we know. It's kind of surprising Some how people. many people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people just come out. But so this well, brings- I think a better way, Paul, a better way of saying that is it's a lot of people are stupid enough to believe that they could somehow possibly become rich by being an artist. That's yes. Yes. That's My mother told me when I was a little kid, when I told her I wanted to be a painter, she looked at me and said, you're going to be poor. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> he had to straight up look at me in the face and said, I was going to be poor. Uh, <laughs> okay. So last question. As a bringer of music and joy to the masses, is there anything you'd like to tell the kids that are on the fence about moving to LA or Nashville to start a career in the music industry? If, well, I tell them if they're on the fence, I'd say, um, yeah, is there anything that you should look, know or should, yeah, should realize? Nothing, there's, there's nothing wrong with following your dreams and wanting to take the plunge or the, take the, the, um, to step onto the onto the side of like if you're on the fence, you're onto the side now of of going to LA, following your dreams, and doing everything. It's also okay to to wait. So I, if you're on the fence, I'd say be sure. You know, right now may not be a great time to leave because who the fuck knows if you could get a job anywhere because of. I mean, I'm strictly talking about pandemic times, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Yeah, I think you do have to be calculated because you don't want, the last thing you want to do is go someplace and then end up homeless or really embarrassed that you have to leave or something like that. And that's not going to be fun for you or like have a really rough go. Um, but most people are going to have a really rough go. And um, so I think I'd say what I'd say to answer the question, I think I'd say, um, are you ready? Make sure you're ready. And maybe pandemic is not the best time, but I don't know. I mean, use the time, use the time of, of the, the pandemic. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is like, perfect time for recording. Yeah. You know, I, and write like a, like a lot of writing, maybe mm -hmm. make sure you have your top three bangers or whatever, you know, cause I don't know, man. I, I, like I'll tell you this right now. If it makes if this helps answer the question, I feel like I have been doing well here in LA, and I have just put out a record. And I still feel like I'm on the fence sometimes about being here. Not because I don't, not because I don't want to be here. Not because you know the weather's not nice. I just personally feel like this is a hard time. It's like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, not that I'm not that I'm on the I mean, I'm not truly on the fence. I, I, I feel like I, I feel the on the fence feelings because it's like it's very uncertain, you know, so I, I don't know. I, again, like getting back to kind of like the last question is like, well, if if your goal is to come here, if you're on the fence and your goal is to come here and be a, a rock star millionaire and like fuck bitches and like live in the like live in the hills. But you should just stay where you are. You should try not to happen. <laughs>
<laughs> I like that answer. Like, just stay where you are. <laughs> um, okay, wait, hold on. This this is actually the last question. Um, okay. Music scene, what's better, Nashville or LA? I think it's like what's different about those two there. Like, and well, I hear that it's been, cause it's been a while since I've been in Nashville, but I hear Nashville has become more like LA and more like, like of a um, music hub. It's not whole, like a whole, whole lot centered around country and or rock, like Southern rock. Cause it, like when I went to Nashville, like when I was in Nashville, and this was like some time ago, uh, it was like a country and Southern rock scene more than it was like a scene for like pop alternative acts mm. or like hip hop or what what have you. Um, so it's like sort of a niche market. Same with Austin, which I would never recommend going to unless you just want to go for Austin uh, for the South by Southwest. Um, or if you just want to go and get really, really hot, uh, you're hot there. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very but, uh, but uh, no, I'd say, so Nashville now is more like, uh, sort of like a, like an open sort of uh, market, whereas it used to be heavily centered around country. I think LA, LA is really um, like a mixed bag. You can get just about anything. So, and it's ginormous. You people don't realize how ginormous this place. I was driving the other, like just, a second ago from our studio where we uh, rehearsed and it's just a huge place. So I think what's cool about Nashville is that you got like more of a small city or like a large town kind of vibe and more neighbor, like neighborly um, than like LA where it's like, I feel like my neighbors don't even know me, you know, like, I, like, you know, so I, I think it does, it's kind of like you could go to either or and probably get the same ish type of shit done you know what i mean like um i think la is cooler i think it's way cooler than <laughs> it's like cooler i like the way i that. think it's way yeah. cooler <laughs> uh no la is pretty cool um yeah but you know again thank you for uh we're gonna cut this short thank you for yeah coming on to the sam of all trades um and i hope to have you again on sometimes you've been on this that and the other you've always been a very gracious guest and I can't, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Ciao. Oh, hold on. Now I'm going to press end record.